truly this is the day that the Lord has made. And even with all we are experiencing, we still have reason to rejoice and be glad in it. I do greet you this morning in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Truly an honor and privilege to be able to stand here at this sacred desk to proclaim the word of God. And so I uh, give thanks to Pastor Haynes and honor you, sir, for all of your um, work and your legacy and keeping this ship moving, even in spite of everything that we've been going through. So I honor you, Pastor Jason. I honor you, sir. Uh, to Reverend Bush, to all who are uh, under the sound of my voice in this sanctuary, I greet you. And to our virtual congregation, those of you who are watching, wherever you may be in your homes, I greet you. And we are certainly glad that you are worshiping with us as well this morning. As you know, I will not be long. We'll jump right into it from the book of Esther. In the deep depths of the Old Testament, Esther chapter 4. And this morning, for the sake of time, we'll look at one verse, and that's verse 14. I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version but you will find words on likewise. And it says, for if you keep silence at such a time as this, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another quarter. But you and your family and your father's family will perish. Who knows? Perhaps you have come to royal dignity for just such a time as this. And I want to lift up that last clause. Who knows? Perhaps you have come to royal dignity for just such a time as this. Let us pray. Lord, we've come now into this precious, sacred preaching moment. Oh God, I ask that you anoint these lips of clay. Hide your Paris behind your cross and let your people see you. To the God who continues to reign forever, to the God who continues to supply our needs, to the God who continues to call our name, to the God who continues to give sight to blinded eyes, who continues to give food to hungry bodies, who gives healing to the sick. It is in the name and nature of that Jesus the Christ, our Lord. Amen. I would that you would think with me and pray with me for just this brief moment on this thought. Don't miss your moment. Don't miss your moment. 
Perhaps it is you who will come for such a time as this. Beloved, there is no doubt that this month of January felt like an entire year. (laughs) It seemed like no stone was left unturned. No second appeared to be spared. No minute left unmarked from events that were deemed worthy of breaking news. What many hoped would be a turning tide in our individual and collective situations, in reality turned out to be a continuation of a year we'd much rather forget. Between the peaks and valleys found in the still raging violence and chaos of white supremacy that allows a group to force their way into one of the most revered institutions in this land, to the glimmer of hope found in inaugurating a new president and bidding good riddance to a former, to the dreadful and ongoing burden of a persistent contagious virus. If someone had woken me up this morning and told me that 2021 was over, I must confess I would have believed them. But the good news for us this morning is that, in fact, the year is not over yet. It has just begun. And in the life of Salem Church, under the spirit-led inspiration of our pastor, this is our year of overcoming. It is our divine opportunity and obligation to push past emotional hurdles, take charge of our health as best we can, to strengthen our resolve in knowing that God still cares for us and loves us, and to walk in a spirit of abundance, knowing that in God, all our needs are met. And I can feel, I can, I can kind of feel the tension in the room and in our, in our virtual congregation. I, I can just hear the virtual voices saying, Brother Minister, you've officially lost it. Surely you've seen the news. You've read the headlines. You've looked around and seen what we're facing. And my answer would be yes to all of that. I know that COVID has radically shifted our lives. I, I know that people have lost jobs and, and that we haven't been able to gather as a church body. I know people are wrestling with their emotional and mental health. I know we're all in survival mode. But that's not the word I was called to preach this morning. The Holy Spirit wants me to tell you that the possibilities are still greater than our problems. What lies ahead is more beautiful, more life-giving, more abundant than what came before. So this morning, with the help of this brown-skinned Jewish queen named Esther, I came to urge somebody to not miss your moment. You see, I like Esther because her story hits different from that of a woman who was born into royalty. You see, on the contrary, Esther was an orphan child raised by her cousin Mordecai as his own daughter. We've got Bible readers in the room. You know the story. And when Queen Vashti is removed from her throne, we see Esther is selected with the help and guidance of Mordecai by King Ahasuerus as the next queen 
of Persia. That's the, that's the story. And the text details that Esther won over the king with her beauty. But if you read Esther in its entirety, one can only surmise that it was a divine appointment that Esther might go from orphan to queen. And see, that there is enough for us to pause and remind somebody not to miss their moment, if only because our starting point doesn't have to dictate our trajectory. God can do a good work in you despite what you didn't have, despite who you didn't know or how far it was out of your reach. And can I throw a little shade on American society real quick this morning? You see, we've become accustomed to this perfectionist mentality where if we don't have it all together from the start, we give up on trying for better. We got people who say, well, ain't nobody got a college degree in my family. What's the point? What's the point of trying to get one now? We got people who say, well, my credit is too messed up for me to think about buying a house. It's not even worth the time. Other folks say, well, I want to start a business, but my friends told me it's not going to be successful. But beloved, (laughs) if we keep the voices of other people and uh, societal expectations, then what we and what we see on social media in our heads, we risk missing the moment. As one elder shared with me a few years ago, he said, Japaris, the same amount of time is going to go by whether you work toward your aspirations or not. <laughs> and i be honest, I didn't like when he's told that to me, but it was the truth. So we see in the king's eyes, Esther may have been chosen as queen merely for her beauty. But as we see in the text, it had to have been a divine appointment. For in chapter 3, we begin to see the tension unfold between Mordecai and a man named Haman. You see, Haman was selected as one of the king's chiefs. But Mordecai was not interested in bowing down to Haman and doing what Haman uh, told him to do. And so this caused Haman to become enraged. He got angry such that he said, well, I'm not going to kill Mordecai. That's too easy. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go to King Ahasuerus and I'm going to promise to destroy all of the Jews who were in the king's kingdom, knowing that Mordecai himself was a Jew. And so with the approval of the king, the destruction of the Jews was surely set to happen. So Mordecai goes to Esther. He says, this is, you know, he believes this is my only hope. So he goes to Esther knowing that Esther is the one who has the potential to not only save Mordecai, but to save her community. And we know based on the text, if you read the text, understandably so, Esther doubts her ability. We know that Esther could have very well let that moment pass. She could have looked for divine intervention or worse yet, she could have allowed her people to be destroyed because of what she knew was the custom of not entering the king's court and not addressing the king. 
But Esther also knew that her power was not merely ceremonial. Esther was not, she knew it may have been the king's uh, uh, thought, but Esther knew she wasn't just there for her beauty. She knew that she had the opportunity to take charge of that moment. (laughs) You see, she was not called to not, she was called not merely to be, to serve an individualistic power, but she knew that it was for the collective humanity of her people that she step in. So, beloved, we stand in the tradition of this bold queen who believed that if I perish, let me perish. That, that, and that, and that ought to be a divine challenge to us this morning that we too have the opportunity to take charge of a moment others wanted to throw in the trash. I know somebody's going to talk back to me this morning. And so you might be saying, well, Reverend, you don't, you don't, you want me to take charge of the, you don't want me to miss the moment, but you also don't know what I'm going through. Where do I even start in a world where disease and viruses are taking over and the economy is failing and white supremacy seems like it has the last stand? Well, I want to point you to a scripture that says we ought to look to the hills from which cometh our help. I want to point you to a scripture that says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I want to point you to a scripture that says we are the head and not the tail. That's the starting point. That if you give God your yes, that gives you the opportunity to take charge of the moment. And so if you want to go a little deeper, some of us might want a little scripture to back that up. Well, look to Joseph. Joseph didn't allow the destruction his brothers planned for him to cause him to miss God's destiny for his life. Oh, well, look at Moses. Moses had doubts and he had obvious challenges, but he did not miss his moment to lead God's people out of bondage. Well, go look at Joshua. Joshua didn't allow the Canaanites and the Israelites the opportunity to distract him from his moment to fulfill God's purpose. These people did not allow their circumstances to cause them to miss the moment. Well, let's take it a step further. Well, let's look at David. He didn't allow an enemy who was a little bit taller and a little bit bigger to allow him to miss his moment to save his people. Daniel did not miss his moment to honor God in the midst of a king with a misguided agenda. John did not miss the moment to defy an evil king to tell one who would come to offer salvation in the world. Don't miss your moment. Oh, but beloved, as I wrap this thing up, I have to, I can't, I can't leave you without testifying to, to one who came, who was even greater. One who did not allow the chance, the opportunity to miss his moment to feed hungry bodies and one who did not miss the moment to, 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 to give sight to blinded eyes. And one who did not miss the moment to uh, raise a dead man up from the grave. Jesus did not miss the moment when he had the opportunity to save, heal, and deliver. And so this morning we can testify to the fact that Jesus ultimately did not miss the moment to suffer, bleed, and die under an unjust system that, that came in order to deliver humanity from their own system. Oh, I came to tell, testify and tell somebody, don't miss your moment. I know what's going on. 
I know we're dealing with a virus that seems like it's going to continue forever. I know we're dealing with an economy that seems like it's going to go down the drain. I know we're dealing with a government system that seems like it's going to crumble under its own two feet. But I came to testify this morning that you cannot miss your moment to testify to what God is about to do. You cannot miss your moment to the possibilities that lie ahead. You cannot miss your moment to what God is willing to do through you. This is our moment. Other folks want to throw this moment in the trash. We've all said 20, we don't ever want to think about 2020 again. But I think God is saying, no, that's not what I brought, brought you through 2020 to do. <laughs> I didn't bring you through 2020 for you to forget it. I brought you through that year for you to see the possibility. And it began by knowing that you're still alive. Somebody's going to talk back to me this morning. You're still alive to make a difference. You're still alive to heal people. You're still alive to be my hands here on earth. I didn't bring you through this moment to waste it. Somebody's going to talk to me this morning. I am a God of possibility. I am a God of new ways. I can make ways out of no ways. I created the world in the dark. And you want to forget about 2020. Help me, Holy Ghost. Don't miss your moment. This is your moment. We are God's hands on earth. We are God's eyes on earth. We are here to care for our neighbor. Don't miss the moment. We are here to lift each other up. Don't miss the moment. We are here to lead people to Christ, knowing he is the way, the truth, and the life. Don't miss the moment. And that's all I really had to say. Don't miss your moment. Don't waste the opportunity God has given us. He has, he has allowed us to live through a destructive year. And we have the opportunity, in fact, the obligation to take charge of the moment. And I don't, I'm not even going to say what that is for you. You know what that is. You can touch base with God and find out what your moment is. But I'm here to tell somebody, don't miss it. Whatever that moment is, don't miss it. It's our moment. And it starts with your yes. It starts with your yes. Saying yes to what God has for you. It starts with your yes. Don't miss your moment. Don't miss your moment. I just hear a song say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And from the bottom of my heart to the depths of my soul, I'll say yes, Lord. Yes. 
one more time, one more time. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. From the bottom to the depths. I want to encourage somebody this morning that if you've read the Bible it is God's history the strange thing about God's history is just for a few brief moments in after the exodus and after the conquest the whole story of the Bible is under oppressive rule that you got Egypt then you had Babylon, then you had Persia, then you had Greece, then you had Rome. And even now in America, <laughs> or wherever you are in this world, if you are under oppression, we serve a God that will still give you moments in the midst of this madness. And I want to thank God that right now you got a moment to take to yourself. The Bible simply says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That if you confess it with your mouth and believe it with your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. I'm trying to help you. That's your moment right there. Salvation is your moment. Salvation from this disease. Salvation from this mean old world. That's your moment right there. To give your life to him. Him who is, him who was, and him who is to come. That, that, that if you make him the center of your life, 
He'll give you moment after moment after moment to take hold of. That wherever you may be right now, the Lord is calling you. He's calling you unto himself. That Jesus came, Jesus lived, Jesus died, and Jesus got up from the grave. And now he's calling you right now to believe in that. Believe that God laid him down, but they also believe that God raised him up. And when he raised him up, he raised him up with all power in his hand. Lord, let us pray. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for this another day. Lord, we thank you because in the midst of all that's going on, we are still here and still alive. And Lord, in the midst of all that's going on, you have still given us the time and the moments to master in your name. Lord, we pray right now for those who are sick and ill in this country. We pray that those who are around them lift them up. Lord, for those who are hungry in this world, we pray, Lord, and let them know that, Jesus, you are still the bread of life. Lord, for those who are lonely in this life, let them know, Lord, that you will never leave them, nor will you never forsake them. This is our prayer. Lord, we still say yes, that our soul still cries out yes, yes to your will, and yes to your way. Each and every day we will say yes. Lord, we want to lift your name on high, for you have a name that's still above every name, that at the name of Jesus, the Bible declares every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord to the glory of the Father. And Lord, we come to say yes to you, Lord. We come to enjoy you, Lord, right now. We thank you for the preacher, Lord, right now. We thank you for the word of God right now. We thank you for encouraging us just another time right now. Now, Lord, as we move on, we just say, Lord, keep us in your care. Lord, be with us as we go on. Be our protection before us. Be a fence all around us. And we'll continue to give you the glory. We'll give you the honor. And we'll give you the praise that is due your name. In the matchless and mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Hey. 
Why, why don't we just give God praise up in his house? Bless his holy name. We bless the Lord for a word straight from God. Y'all thank God for pastor. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. I, I thank God for Japaris Key. I thank God for how he has equipped him. I thank God for a preacher that he uses right now, for right now. We thank God for such a powerful, powerful word from God. You all really just don't know. I... Uh, <laughs> It's just an amazing thing, and you all just have to have to hear this. Um, all week long, I had prepared for today's message, and then it occurred to me, and well, it didn't occur, I knew I had a funeral on yesterday, and I'm learning that uh, uh, I, I can't do what I used to do. I, that, I, I don't mean nothing by that, just can't do what I used to do, and I don't have to do what I used to do. And uh, so I, I called Reverend Keys. I called him yesterday morning. Now, there's no way in the world that he could have known that my sermon for today was from Esther 4. There's no way that he could have known that today you all are going to hear Esther 4. Now, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I'm going to take my Esther 4 and fold it up. <laughs> I'm going to take mine and fold it up and give y'all a little chance to feast on this one a while. And maybe, maybe another year or two I might pull it out. <laughs> because we have heard from Esther 4. We have heard a word, who knows? <laughs> who knows? Let me just throw this in. Let me just throw this in parenthetically. Who would be surprised? How many folk would be surprised by, by what God wants to do with you right now and how he will use you out of nowhere to bring some peace and some sense to this world right now? Thank God. Reverend, thank you so much. I, I love it when I do the right thing. I, I love it when the Lord just does stuff, works stuff. Thank God. Thank God for you. To all of you, thank you so much. Praise team, thank y'all so much. Y'all can't see them, but they're looking good today. They're singing good, everything good about praise team today. Thank you, Reverend Bush, for all that you do. Thank you all upstairs. Thank you so much for keeping us virtual. Those who might be listening, those who have accepted Jesus Christ today, please, please, please call the church office. Don't keep it to yourself. Let somebody know. Let somebody know about the decision you've made this day. And you need to get yourself into a Bible-based, Bible-believing church where you can carry out the spirit of this covenant. Uh, just in the way of information, uh, your contribution, annual contribution statements are available. They have been sent out. Uh, and they're being sent out by email. And uh, if you don't have email... Uh, if you want to pick up the statement, you can pick it up in the church office. But please know that this is the time 
and you, they are available. They can be picked up on Thursday and Friday from 10 to 5. Uh, uh, you can contact the church office and uh, ask the membership coordinator, Sister Ruby Daniels, uh, and make arrangements to have yours picked up and how, how you would like to receive those. Those are your contribution statements. I ask that you would be in prayer with Reverend Creasy McCoy, who, whose brother went home to be with the Lord. We just want to keep her lifted up during this time. Also, let's be in prayer for Sister, uh, Sister Tamara Thomas, whose mother is uh, ill at the moment, and they are taking care of her mother. They, so let's just, let's just pray for Tamara and pray for their strength, she and Deacon Thomas. Uh, let's pray their strength in the Lord. Let me just take the time to just say happy birthday to Mother Margaret Reeves. Uh, she turned 96 this week. Y'all bless the Lord up in here. Amen. And we are just so grateful for what God is doing and what he does here in this congregation. God bless you. God keep you is our prayer. God be with you till we meet again. appreciate you. I'm watching Tori. Tori, Tori is a courtesy girl, and then she passes aid. She brings mass, and then, then the next thing I see, she's out handing out fans. She's just doing everybody's job. We bless God for you. Thank God for your gifting and your willingness. Now may the grace of God, sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with us now, henceforth, and forevermore. Let us all say. There are several ways to submit your tithe and offering. Online at www.thechurchwithzeal.org/give. On Cash App 
at dollar sign the church with zeal via the Givelify app by mail to Salem Missionary Baptist Church, P.O. Box 817, Lilburn, Georgia 30048 or in person at the church office on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. It's not necessary to wait until Sunday to give. Online, Givelify, Cash App, or mail-in contributions may be submitted on any day of the week. Thank you for your continued support of the ministry at Salem Missionary Baptist Church.